I watched Mabel's Strange Predicament from 1914. And this was the third film of Charlie Chaplin's career. Came out February 9th, 1914. And if you've been following this podcast, you know that's exactly a week after his film debut on February 2nd. And he actually had a movie in between. So that's right. That was three movies within the span of a week, which is unimaginable today. But that's just how they did it. They were cranking these short films out back in the day. So audiences would not have batted an eye at seeing the same guy in three movies in a week. So Mabel's Strange Predicament is also the third of three Charlie Chaplin films I've watched in a row. Because I'm watching films chronologically. And basically that's what came out that week of February 1914. It's also the third Charlie Chaplin movie I've ever seen. That's that's right. I've got to make a confession. I'm lifelong film buff, film fanatic. I don't know how, but somehow I had never seen a Charlie Chaplin film before I watched the three shorts I, I just watched. And before you start throwing rotten tomatoes at me, let me try to explain. The first silent films that I ever watched were Buster Keaton's films. There was this cinema just down the street from my college that for a month they would do four Buster Keatons a week. Every Monday they would do two short and two feature length. And so I'd never seen any silent film in a theater before then, but that month I saw 16 Buster Keaton silence. And I was enthralled. I went to the video store that I used to rent at, and I rented a couple tapes of silent films because I was really interested in. I I knew there was such thing as silent films, but I'd never, I'd never watched one. Um, I mentioned this, I think, in my very first, well, I guess my second podcast, the first one about films, when I was talking about a trip to the moon, and then later the Great Train Robbery. Uh, those were on a video I rented. I also rented Nosferatu, the old vampire classic. And then I also got Steamboat Bill Jr., which was one of the Buster Keaton films that I had just seen because I wanted to show a friend. Because I wanted to be like, like, how incredible. Who knew silent films were so good? And so we watched Steamboat Bill Jr. and it totally fell flat. And it was, my friend was not into it at all. But it was nothing like what I'd experienced in the theater. And of course, the theater, there was, the, they had a, one of those old Wurlitzer organs. So there was a guy playing the organ and Whatever the soundtrack was on the videotape, it couldn't compete with that. But the main problem was the size of that image. What had been colossal on the cinema screen was tiny at home. And all of Keaton's facial expressions were lost. His movements seemed somehow mundane. He was so dynamic in the theater, and he was just boring. Nothing about the film worked on television. And we actually ended up, uh, we turned it off about halfway through the film. And then later I watched Nosferatu on my own because my friend was like, screw silent films. But I, I found it, it was interesting, but I didn't find it as gripping as I thought maybe it could be or it would have been. And I just wonder how much grander it would have been in a theater. At this point in my life, I've now seen a lot of silent films in theaters, but I've never seen Nosferatu. So that's something I would like to do. And so all of that leads up to why I would never watch Charlie Chaplin. Because after that day, I pretty much gave up on the idea of watching silent films at home. And instead, I just would wait to catch them on a big screen if I could. And as I said, that's not often. But I've 
I've had, like I said, I've seen some. And I've also acquired a lot of silent films on Blu-ray and DVD just because I kind of, I was, this project I'm doing has always been kind of in the back of my head. And so I started accumulating these, these films even several years ago. And, uh, I don't, anyway, I, I never happened across a, a Chaplin film in a theater, so I never saw one. Now, of course, because of this project I've embarked on, I'm watching them all at home on a television. Uh, well, actually, projecting them on a, on a projector on a wall. But it, it's a lot bigger than my college apartment TV. But it's still, it's, it's not the same as what I know I would get in the theater. And the audience. The audience is an important element of watching a movie. When you see it with an audience, there's a greater emotional impact than when you see something alone. I, I, I could talk an entire podcast just about that. But let's get back to this movie because now I've seen three short Chaplin films, his, his first three. What do I make of Chaplin? And honestly, the best I can say at this point is that I'd like to see these in a theater because I'm nonplussed. I, I, you know, I wonder how much is due to Chaplin's performance in these early films and how much is because of the way I'm seeing him on this smaller screen. Uh, and granted, like I keep saying, these are his first three appearances. He's certainly going to get better in the later films as he gets more experience. But for now, the jury, which is me, is out on Chaplin. Mabel, on the other hand, steals the show here. This is Mabel Normand, who I've talked about in previous podcasts, and her predicament is that she's being locked out of her hotel room. She's stuck in the hallway, and she's only wearing her pajamas. Her pajamas are not scandalous by today's standards, but at the time, it would have been a, a huge deal, a scandal. Oh my goodness, this woman is in public in pajamas. The scandal of it all. So she's got to get back in her room and remain unseen while she does this. And she's just downright adorable throughout the whole film. Early on, she's playing catch with her dog. And this dog is later responsible for her getting locked out. Uh, when she's hiding under a bed, trying to maintain her dignity the whole time, she's she's amazing. She carries the film. And Chaplin, this is the second time he was the tramp, although he's billed here as the drunk, is okay. But he's no different from any of the other drunks and tramps and villains that I've seen in these films so far. He's suitably lecherous, but if I didn't know he was going to go on to greatness later, I'd not have noticed him as anything special, as opposed to, like, D.W. Griffith. He displayed an obvious mastery as a director, even in those early formulaic short films I watched. You could tell he was something special. Nonetheless, I'm really eager to see more of Chaplin, even if for the moment it is only because of his reputation. And so that's... That's Mabel's strange predicament. I don't own a copy of this, so I watched it on YouTube. As I always do, I share a link when I have one. So if you read the article that accompanies this podcast, you can watch the movie too. Next, I'm going to watch Tess of the Storm Country from 1914, directed by Edwin S. Porter. 